Good evening, Rabbit Troop Sucks listeners, or I could even say, good afternoon. I have no idea when you're actually listening to this. Mm-hmm. But tonight, for us, and for whenever you listen to this, we'll be covering Martin and Orloff from 2002. And again, we have our friend Lamar joining us to discuss Martin and Orloff from 2002. Hello, guys. Yay. Thank you for having me back. He's back. I'm back. He's every, back. I'm averaging every two weeks or so. That's right. I like yeah. it. Um, I enjoy this. I love this. Yeah, I like what you guys um, put out here. And I've been um, listening to some of your episodes. And I know um, you're on a weekly release base. Um, so uh, At least for so, now. Yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I subscribe to you and I'm listening to it and I'm enjoying it. So you're the one who's listening to this. You're the one. You're the one. <laughs> you're the one who gets the uh, review counts. Yeah. Uh, how many are we at? One. Yeah. All right. Well, no, three, because Paul and I both listen. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so you should definitely give us ratings and scores, yeah. all of you. And I can confirm that you guys are on Google Podcasts and you're... That's I, excellent. Yeah, your releases are on Fridays. That m- might change in the future, I'm guessing. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, Fridays for now. Well, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I was, And I was just kidding. We have, we have plenty of listeners. <laughs> That's good. We have two um, or ten, three. Tens and tens of... <laughs> Hostage listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but thanks for having me back. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this review. Um, yeah. I, I, I love this movie. Yeah, let me open with a summary. This was Lamar's choice for us to watch. I know sometime uh, in the future we talked about listening to, or listening to, watching Fortress, or uh, we have another one in, uh, in mind that we'll hold off for, but I, I imagine us watching Fortress at some point in time. Yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, Lamar highlighted that we should watch this. One of us had a DVD. Unfortunately, I feel this is the only way to actually see this movie. Uh, we all three of us are gonna, you know, highlight that we we like it and we've seen it over the years with one another. But to highlight again, this movie is from 2002. Martin and Orloff. Martin tried to kill himself. He's back at the advertising agency with everybody knowing. He sees a shrink, Doctor Orloff, with hilarious results, and <laughs> I, I guess that that's okay. how I describe that film. Sure. According to IMDb, that's how I describe that film. Yeah, I chose this film because it just popped up. I was just randomly watching um, old Upright Citizens Brigade clips on YouTube, and I was like, "Wow, I really missed that, missed that sketch comedy show." And totally forgot. Wait a minute, there's a whole movie that involves pretty much this whole cast. Yeah, I think the world forgot this movie existed. It, oh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Keep me honest. This was like a made-for-comedy central movie or that, so, something like that? That feels right. Yeah. This is how I first saw this movie. So I don't know if I could say it was made for Comedy Central. So Comedy Central went through some weird transformations that I remember where all of a sudden they were allowed to use profanity and have a little more adult themes. I think, you know, South Park, hey, Colorado, right. kicked down the door on that a little bit and it came to pass. I just don't know when this was happening. And I remember also they used to do like Friday or maybe Saturday night, maybe weekly or right. somewhat monthly movies where they're like straight up, it's rated R, uh, you know, don't have your kids watch. I mean, they were very clear about the advertisements of it and... I think people watch. I don't know if that's what happened or that's how it premiered. I I know for a fact I saw this movie. I don't remember if it was censored or not. I just remember we saw it later after that. That makes sense. I mean, like it's it's in four three aspect ratio, so like this clearly wasn't a theatrical release. I guess it um, feels like it was right before yeah that time period. I just wanted to bring up is two thousand two. This movie was released. I'm, I'm also I'm surprised this movie hasn't gotten more. Maybe I like it more than the rest of the world, but like this movie has everyone in it right now. 
Um, Amy, can I can I talk about this or is this or are we? Spoiling? Oh yeah, no. So I, I think uh, I know yeah. we shouldn't get too far. As Lamar is joining us, as always, I'm Paul, and next to me is oh, Mike. Yeah. Hey. Should, we should always <laughs> that. You know, they, better they, late than never. What is this episode eleven? They know who we are. They they know they yeah, know something. They know things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Amy Poehler's in this. Yes. Tina Fey is in this. H. John Benjamin. H. John Benjamin, who is the voice actor for everything on the planet right now. Uh, Matt right. Walsh, who plays uh, many things, including Mike, if you've seen Veep, which you oh, should because yeah. it's great. Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch. Um, David Cross. David, yeah, David yeah. Cross. Andy Richter. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, Andy. Like, literally every, not every, there's so many, so many, like, famous, notable comedy actors also the lead you know martin is uh ian roberts and we were talking you know maybe not everyone knows him as much as they would you know see amy poehler etc but there are everyone from the upright citizens brigade from the show is on this i'm assuming other uh, characters are also upright citizens yeah the the weaselly guy like uh, martin's boss is i don't remember his name the boss's name is ron yeah, but I don't know what his name. Uh, the, the you know, name it, is. I, I always forget his name too. I, yeah. I always remember the other three of that trope, of that main trope. I can Matt never remember. Besser. Hey, there you okay, go. Sure. All right, he's <laughs> the weird looking yeah. one. And they're all great. I mean, this is a super. This is a super weird movie, uh, but it's great. It's it's. I thought I thought it's super fun. Yeah, people would recognize him from you know uh, Parks and Recreation. Um, it's. Ira and the douche, and uh, Nick Kroll is yeah, the douche. He's, and Ira. he's Ira, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I totally forgot about that. That's every every one of these people are have appearances in Parks and Parks Recreation, Recreation yeah. with Amy Poehler at the head of it, yeah. Well, I'm glad they uh, stuck together through all these years, and they still do projects together. Totally. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe you can find um, uh, Matt Walsh in um, some other stuff as well. But um, he's not, or I mean, Ian Roberts and other stuff, but he's not as prevalent as Matt Walsh is with yeah. his uh, guest appearances. We watched that end of the world movie last year. Remember, like, no one saw, we never saw it. Matt Walsh was the, like the storm oh, chaser of that yeah. movie. Yeah. What was that? That was a okay. terrible movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a yeah, ringing yeah, endorsement, good, good but we, we all we all love Matt <laughs> yeah. Walsh in this. But yeah, that was that was not his shining moment. But yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. Fantastic cast. Yeah, yeah. It, all in all, uh, everyone's doing a great job. The cast is definitely outpacing uh, the screenplay, or or the dated camera. You know, yeah, uh, it, it definitely stuff. feels a little bit aged. It's not it's not super crisp. I mean, we're watching like a weird a weird DVD, so like it's not it doesn't look great to begin with, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not contemporary filmmaking like you're used to. It looks like someone's student film, kind of. Yeah. Well, we open up with this movie, and it is <laughs> super dark. We're in a very, very white room and yep. a very, very sterile setting. There's also, uh, we are very quickly introduced to the main character, played by Ian Roberts, who is Martin, uh, also known as Marty, of the Martin and Orloff title. And... Uh, while we are giving almost a bird's eye view of uh, the uh, whitest apartment yeah. on the planet. Yeah, we see Marty laying in a couch. He gets a phone call like, hey, I know you tried to kill yourself, but we'll see you back at work. And clearly that's the backdrop of this very, very dark comedy. Uh, I noted that while the answering machine message is playing and the main character is listening to this, there is someone just standing in a pickle outfit in the middle of his room. Was that a person? I thought it was like a cutout, like a cardboard I, cutout. Maybe, I it was as well. I think there was a human it head in there. Just so, like a person yeah, in maybe, there. maybe there's just a mannequin well, in good. there. there that, did it have eye holes? Is that how you could tell? 
It did. It did. <laughs> yeah, eye holes are going to be. It was a foreshadowing uh, there. Yeah, okay. Crucial in this. And then uh, we also see him in his bathroom, and he is cleaning up uh, the blood from his clear suicide attempt. So clearly, dark overtones open this up. And then we get a magical song overlaid <laughs> on top of the blood cleansing, and it's gray skies are going to clear up, put on a happy face. <laughs> It really uh, cuts the uh, it, the movie lets you know that it's going to be silly right off the bat because this <laughs> happy song is playing as he's mopping up huge amounts of blood. You really don't know how he's trying to kill himself. All you know is that um, he's mopping up his blood in his bathroom and there's a happy song playing in the background. Yeah, I have theories why we are not seeing this on streaming services. I I, mm-hmm. I would imagine a lot of people do not like this dark dark overtone maybe but i don't know what's wasn't there a popular netflix show a couple of years ago about a girl who killed herself that's very true definitely not comedic uh well, yes yes sure yeah. but i mean they don't really make light of his suicide attempt well if you're if you're gonna go off that one uh netflix then de- uh eventually uh i was gonna say deleted but they edited it they edited things uh based out of public demand and outrage uh, and I, they caved they uh yeah what's what's the term they use here they uh he changed his not his changed his mind but when he's an umpire he uh oh shit yeah mm-hmm. wow. i don't what remember he changed his call yeah he changed his call that's what netflix did yeah. so boom netflix <laughs> i agree with wow. mike let's get it on there if you if you're willing to approach themes uh just give warnings yeah again because there's a million awesome people in this right um okay so he goes, we, yeah, he's, he's cleaning up the blood. Uh, he goes back to, he goes back to work, uh, you know, as he's walking in, everyone's, everyone, I should talk into my microphone. Uh, everyone's whispering like, that's the guy. He does. Oh my God. Um, and he walks into his boss's office, uh, with the weasel guy. What's his name? Um, Ron is the boss. Ron is the okay. boss. Yeah. And there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of guys doing Kung Fu, uh, like nunchuck, nunchuck stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Ron, says, oh, hey, Martin's here. He's the, he's the best food character man in the business. And this is where we're introduced to what, what Marty does. He, so he, he, do, he works for an advertising agency, and he designs uh, like anthropomorphic food mascots. Yeah, he knows he's, he's, he designs characters. He designs characters. He's oh, the best food character yeah. man in the business. And uh, the, the people doing karate in the office are the associates of China Chef who are launching a new saucy spare rib. Uh, and they, they want... They want him to design a costume for the saucy spare ribs. Um, he's that good. That, yeah, he's the one that they want. <laughs> and they've got a new sauce. And um, Mr. Chan wants it now. Mr. Chan wants it now. And his his demand specifically is that it does not have eye holes. No yeah. eye holes in yeah, the spare Yeah, it's very, very clear about that. No eye holes. Yeah. Um, they reference something with an egg roll, but, you know, they'll they'll elaborate on that later. Um now we we cut to Marty is going to 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 therapy. That it, I, I don't know if he's supposed if that's part of like the deal or if he just thinks he should. But you know he he just survived a suicide attempt, so it makes sense. So he this is where we meet Doctor Doctor Orloff. So he goes into Doctor Orloff's office. Whoa, whoa! As he walks into the office, he walks into a firehouse, which I am very confident. Yeah, this is office from Ghostbusters. Is, is dope. Is dope <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, is it not the same firehouse from Ghostbusters? It looks very similar. No, it really did. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it did look similar. Call me Doctor Orloff. Let's talk about it. Yeah, um, and uh, he, you know, so he go, he goes in, he gets introduced. 
there's there's a couple little little wacky incidents along the way but right off the bat uh dr orloff is kind of a weird guy he's eating a sandwich um and just right off the bat why'd you try to kill yourself marty do, do, do you mind if i smoke yeah, yeah do, do, do you mind if i smoke then he, he accidentally sets his desk on fire a little bit um he's eating, he's eating a sandwich he realizes that he has mayonnaise on his face from the sandwich and says marty do i have mayonnaise on my face why didn't you tell me yeah, he had that mayonnaise on his face for a while. Yeah, he, he had mayonnaise on his face for a while, and that that kind of like this is a foreshadowing of of how their friendship develops because he was embarrassed to tell him about the mayonnaise, but you know they get over that, um, and he just insists that he tell him why he tried to kill himself. There's no there's no easing into it. That's his that's his hard and fast uh, therapy style. But but then. Uh, oh my God! He realizes he's late for a softball game. It's twelve thirteen. Twelve thirteen. Oh my God, guys! I got to go to the softball game. Marty, you're coming with me. So they. My mind is an idiot. My mind is an idiot. Yeah. Um, so they 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 drive to this softball game. You can tell the zaniness of how this is going to go down. This guy is trying to kill himself. He's in therapy, and within three minutes, this therapist has asked him if it's okay if he smokes right in front of him. Uh, spouts out some psycho babble about <laughs> how he's gonna like he has a big theory about whatever he starts revealing that he's pretty much a hack and that it, in five minutes he's running off to his little softball session yeah so they're, they're driving to the softball game he's getting changed in the car this is very alarming for marty marty's like i gotta get back to work he's like no 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 this is gonna be good for you um, yeah, a lot, to, the two comments that you're going to hear all throughout this film is this is going to be good for you. And why did you kill yourself? And I, I know it's really, you know, kind of abrasive. Um, I feel this movie holds up and just I think a lot of people are going to be polarized opposite where how like, I don't find it funny that someone would say, uh, you know, why did you why did you try to kill yourself? But honestly, if you watch this whole movie start to finish, there are breakthroughs. And this character does reveal a lot of stuff, even in this goofy, zany film, which I kind of like the the, the juxtaposition of super serious in a weird world. It's like the main character is super serious in a Alice in Wonderland type. What the hell is going on? Step by step situation. Yeah, that, that that's pretty accurate. Um, so they, they get to the softball game at the last minute because it was it explained earlier that if he doesn't get there, they have to forfeit because they, they'd be short a player. That's why he was so pressed to get there. So he pulls up, he jumps out of the car. Um, and we were greeted to the most recognizable voice for me, honestly, in yeah. the contemporary age, which is yeah. age John Benjamin. John Benjamin. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like it's like he walks into cheers. Everyone says, hound. And uh, can I can I even say this on this podcast or is this hard language? No, you um, so, so Martin says, well, you know, why is everyone calling you hound? And, uh, and Orloff goes, well, it's, it's short for cunt hound. Mm -hmm. um, and he just goes, okay. So yeah, we, we've got a little young baby boy, John Benjamin, um, who's I, Nick. What's his character's name? Steve? Uh, Keith. 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 Yeah. Keith, yeah. Um, and this, like he, they're setting him up to be just just a crazy person. He's like, he's the wild card. Yeah, he, he's, he is the wild card. Yeah. Um, in this like Scooby-Doo Ghostbusters ensemble, he is the wild card. Uh, um, I can't read my notes anymore. My handwriting's too, ter <laughs> too terrible. 
Well, uh, basically, yeah, either he, of you can talk. Yeah, he's tra- he's trained at becoming an umpire really quickly, and he doesn't want to do this, but this is going to be good for you. Oh yeah, that they they're not able to play because they don't have an umpire. And, yeah, Martin says. Uh, I'll and, yeah, so Martin fills in, and he's really hesitant. You know, the first ball is thrown, and it's clearly a ball, not a strike. And you know, he takes this long pause. Ball. All right. Okay, we got a game going on. Great. And then you see, you know, really the time elapse of yeah. And then he's get he's getting into it. Yeah, he's becoming more comfortable. And not only that is uh, clearly uh, the team that he knows members on, which is his doctor, and now he has been introduced to H. John Benjamin's character. It's like okay, this guy's in, and uh, he's you know he's he's tagging them out more than anyone else. I noticed he is just clearly making bad calls. <laughs> There's like one, yeah. yeah, there's one scene where like a guy slides into home. Maybe it's a little questionable. He's like, you're out of here. But it's, you know, the docs team. Then another guy, he slides across home. Five seconds go by. And he's like, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's making he's making clearly bad calls. And uh, the doc keeps it kind of highlighting, uh, tone it down. And Etienne Benjamin is getting much more agitated as time goes on. Yeah, and th- then it comes to like the game winning or losing, I suppose, uh, maneuver baseball move i I don't know sports um and it it is it is orloff who is heading for home plate um and uh, and marty calls him out and and he's clearly safe he's clearly safe yeah um and you know everyone's like it's a bad call and they they get they do the like the little chest bumping thing and then then he relents he's like okay well you know you're safe and then then john benjamin kicks his ass because you can't change your call. Yeah, and he's like, but he's on my team. And he later says, you know, he's on right. my team, but you don't change a call, which is a theme. Like, you yeah, got to stick with what you got to stick like, with it. And it's sticking with your gut. Like, yeah. The, yeah. The, the umpire kind of analogy does does really work. Like, you have to make split decisions. You know what's right, and you've got to stick with it. And it is kind of a theme that goes through, uh, again, <laughs> the zany comedy. Yeah, and so a, a big fight ensues, and they all get arrested. You kind of feel like... They're kind of bonding. Uh, I like the transition during the softball game. It just kind of feels like they're getting along more where their first therapy session was just a five-minute meeting. You can see the transition of Martin's really getting into it. Orloff is clearly kind of just trying to cheer him up. Yeah, he's trying to cheer him up. He's trying to, you know, make make some connections. And, and Martin is kind of like, he's outside of his comfort zone for the first time. And he's sort of enjoying that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's um, the point of that. Yeah. You can see that he's got a smile on his face now. He enjoyed the, um, he actually even enjoyed getting arrested. You can he, see yeah, a he, smile he, on his face he seemed when the to. cops showed up. Yeah, and so, you know, they, and, and Orloff says, you know, have you ever been arrested? We'll be out of here in an hour. And then, you know, true to that, they, we see him walking out of the police station um, and Martin's like, you know, I got to get, I got to get my portfolio. I've been supposed to be at work right now. Um, he's like, okay, we'll get you back. We just got to stop for hot dogs. This place has the best. Hot yeah. Dogs. Or- Orloff notes, uh, just kind of a side note of his character. They stop many times for the quote unquote best of the city. Right. And it makes me think I totally want to hang out with Doc Orloff that these are the best hot dogs. Later it's going to be the best Chinese food. Um, this guy seems to have connections and everyone seems really pleased with his food decisions. There's pies later. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we get some hot dogs in the park, and I, I do like that you don't see the hot dog vendor's face 
but you hear this gruff voice like, and you see these bandaged hands and <laughs> Doc Krolov's like, what went on? He's like, oh, it was really bad when the, uh, the, like, the grill and the gas exploded. And then I was knocked face down <laughs> into the grill and I have to put the solve on my hands every 30 minutes. And he's like, stumps are giving him hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, uh, John Benjamin rolls up with, with the car for some reason. Like I, I hot wired your car. Um, just give me one second. He, he, he runs into the bathroom, uh, you know, and he, he runs out he's like, guys, we, we got to get out of here. Um, they go, oh, shit, look, let's, let's get in the car. What's going on? It's like, we got to get out of here. I just, I just shit in the sink. Which will be a theme. Which will be them. a theme. And the, the hot dog is like, you son of, I knew it was you <laughs> shitting in my sink. Apparently the hot dog stand has a sink. Um, so they're, they're driving, uh, they're driving Martin back to work now. Um, and uh, Dr. Orloff and John Benjamin are, are getting a little high in the car. Martin's not really cool with this. And to kind of break the tension, uh, John Benjamin's like, you know, Marty, why don't you put some music on? And he, he puts on some like some classical oh, music, like some Debussy or something. And John Benjamin says something insensitive that I won't. Um, I was like, what is this classical music? What is this from like the 30s? And he changes the channel to what is some, some pretty hard rap, which I believe was... <laughs> written by uh it was one of the actors who wrote this wasn't it yeah, yeah. It, it was uh ian roberts ian Ro okay yeah he, he wrote the lyrics but did anyone see what what the, what the the title of the piece was i didn't see what yeah. the song we saw, we saw it at the end yeah. and i noted it but i, I didn't write it down it's, yeah. it. it's probably a real song out there in its full if length yeah we just got experts from it and the lyrics are gold <laughs> the lyrics are gold that's true um i wrote some of them down i don't know if, if anyone wants to hear this mm. Do you, do you want to hear it or yes. do you want me to skip over <laughs> um, get ready for the, I'm going to snap at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Could, <laughs> could you please? It was a sample of it. It's a, I'm going to lubricate my gun with some KY jelly, stick it up your ass and shoot you through your belly. Um, shit. That you're the, you can cry like, like a bitch. Giddy up, bitch. Suck my dick. Wow. Yeah. That's, I gotta find the name of this song. I didn't hear any snapping though. Oh yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Little bongos. Yeah. That was pretty Perfect. much the only expert from the song. Uh, it kept playing in the background, but Yeah, and they were talking over and I couldn't really I couldn't really hear. Yeah. Uh, I don't maybe I don't want to know if that's what I mean, I'm sure Hallmark ran with that for Valentine's Day for many it's years. It's in a ago. card somewhere, sure. probably, yeah. That's that's what I get from my, my father every year. <laughs> um <laughs> oh, Lou. Yeah, Lou. He'll, maybe we can get him on the podcast someday. <laughs> Not after that. Kind no, of no. He'll he'll never he'll, he'll never do. It. He doesn't he doesn't know what this. <laughs> he'll bring is. he'll bring years of these cards. He's, I've collected. Yeah, them all, all of the. Yeah, I, I keep them in a folio, <laughs> one of those accordion style ones. He's got it still. Uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He won't listen to this. He doesn't know what a podcast is. Um, I don't think they have him in Maine yet. Well. <laughs> well, now, quick cut to uh, strip club. We're at, we're at a strip club where we're going to meet one of my favorite actors on earth. Everyone's like, we got oh, really yeah. silent. Like, you yeah, know, no, who is it? Who is Amy thinking. Poehler. I love Amy Poehler. Oh, yeah, Amy, yeah, I forgot about Amy Poehler. Uh, yeah, they go to a strip club because, well, Martin says, you know, we, I'll get you back to work. We just got to stop at this one place. They have the best sweet potato pie. Um, and, and initially, Martin is like, I, you know, that he doesn't know where they're at. I also like that the sweet potato pie situation comes back around. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, yes, um, it does. So 
uh, Hound and, uh, and, and John Benjamin run into this place and Martin's just standing there on the street like, oh, fuck. And so he, he eventually goes in and he realizes they're in a strip club. And he sits down um, and they order the sweet potato pie. And uh, he's eating. It's like, this is, this is actually really good pie. And the bartender, what was it, it was like Stavros or something? Um, I can't remember his name. But he, it, was I, like, I, it was like a Greek Yeah, a Greek I, I have it noted somewhere. Um, he's like, do you really like the pie? You should tell my mother you like the pie. She makes it herself. He's like, okay. Petros. <laughs> Petros, there we go. So I, that wasn't, saying Stavros wasn't like insensitive. Um, he, he opens up like a hatch on the floor and we see in yeah, this so weird like, weird dungeon, like his a mother. bakery dungeon? Yeah, like a bakery dungeon. She's making pies. And he's, he leans over. He's like, I, I, I really like the pie. He goes, he, she lives for the compliments. <laughs> she lives for the compliments. I noted at this point in time, so... This movie, you know, although we're at a strip club, this there's no nudity or anything. This movie's all about, you know, rated R for the language and yeah. you know the situations. So one of the strippers in the back is a astronaut stripper. <laughs> They're like, "Welcome, Dawn." And astronaut she, stripper is my favorite. And she she comes out and she has just like a full space right, mask she, and suit, and she only yeah. takes off the mask <laughs> and then like parades around. That is that is accurate. Yeah, um, but this is where we meet. Uh, before we meet, we meet Amy Poehler. We meet. Uh, Dr. Orloff's girlfriend, who he refers to as Strippy. Um, Kasha. Kasha. Hmm. Um, who he's, yeah, he's in a relationship with. And then then Amy Poehler comes out and is introduced as the friend. Who um, becomes a love interest. Who becomes a love interest. She kind of takes a shine to uh, to Martin. Um, was it implied that uh, uh, Amy Poehler's character was a um, stripper? It was oh, not implied. She straight up says that she was a stripper. Uh, because okay. he, he later says, you know, uh, like, oh, what do you do? And she it's says, I'm a, I'm a stripper. stripper. No, like, but what else? Oh, no, no, no just a stripper. stripper. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they're they're all kind of getting to know each other at the strip club, eating the pie. Um, and Kasha reveals that they have to go to a play. They, so there's th- a, a dinner play night. They have tickets to a dinner theater. Um, and Orloff goes, great. You know what? This is going to be good for you, Martin. You're going to be uh, what's Amy Poehler's character's name? Patty. Patty. You're going to be Patty's date, and he like at this point he's just missing a whole day of work, but that seems fine. I think um, it was more he just had to work on the imagery. I don't. Yeah, think he, had to he be didn't have work, to be there. Yet. But the next day he does. Like yeah. it is. It is made uh, clear that he had to do this stuff for the meeting that will take place the next day. Okay. But so he, he agrees to, to kind of, to be this date and that's that they're, they're getting to know each other. That's where the, I'm a stripper, just a stripper um, thing comes up. But so they go to this, they go to the dinner theater place and uh, I don't remember what the, what the dinner theater was called. It had a name. Um, the the Men club. No, no. Like the, the Men club was the play they, yes. were, they were seeing, uh, but the, the club, it was like candlelight. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I see. Um, Okay. Yeah, so they get there and they go, oh, it's it's the Mint Julep Club. And Orloff goes, finally, a play about Southern ladies at a beauty salon. <laughs> um, and we, Oh, man, and the cast of Southern ladies, holy God, yeah, is so the, off the rails. The, the play starts, and, and the, the three main characters of the Mint Julep Club are Tina Fey, uh, Rachel Dratch, and Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Um, make it, uh, Tina Fey, this is her first appearance in a anything i guess that wasn't like second city or whatever she was doing that's um, crazy to think about this, i know right this right here this is genesis where it's all yeah started. i mean as a huge 30 rock fan this is where it all uh came from and amy poehler and tina fair are really good friends they've hosted things together they've right. noted their friendship for years and on many different situations it took me a while to realize um Je- janine garofalo in this uh scene and she's 
under well, a lot of makeup, but well, I mean, there's makeup up on her. You can definitely tell. It, her. Yeah, I mean, you can tell with all. I mean, Rachel Dratch is pretty distinctive looking, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it took me a second to realize that this was Tina Fey as well. Like they just, it, they all they're all younger than you are used to them being. And during and during this play, we have Andy Richter who is ushering everyone around. Oh yeah, Andy Richter is getting cucked by Doctor Orloff every which way. Well, was Andy Richter the um, was he a waiter or a, he was like the major D? Yeah, uh, okay, the that whatever. Makes more yeah. sense because uh, they're <laughs> dressing him down and talking down. Oh yeah, so constantly. Like, yeah. <laughs> at, at one point, Doctor Orloff is he's smoking a cigar quite obviously and, and Andy Richter comes up and says oh sir you can't smoke and he's like oh it's uh, it's not lit I assure you yeah I assure you <laughs> it says sound good to you champ <laughs> fine yeah and then, like, he, he and, talks his way into a better table uh, yeah he's just he's getting bitched and this is where uh, Marty is talking to Patty and he says like oh you know uh, outside of a stripper what else you know do you like to do she's like oh I'm just a stripper <laughs> just it. a stripper okay. um, so they they the, the play turns out to be about someone trying to kill themselves and this kind of makes Martin uncomfortable. So they all, they all leave. And then Dr. Orlov and Martin try to have a little session in the lobby, but that doesn't really land. But I feel all these sessions, cause this keeps trying to happen yeah. like in the paddy wagon here or later, they're having these micro sessions that does kind of equate to something greater. Like I do feel as weird as this film is. And I mean that as a compliment, um, this movie kind of makes sense to me that sooner or later someone would be like, ah, all these small talks added up to something bigger. Uh, if you pay attention. Yeah, yeah definitely. I like that is um, you're talking about those little micro sessions or those little um, just burst sessions that they have. This one here that they have, they have an interesting conversation about what constitutes a friendship. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> Martin's insisting, no, we're not friends. Because he's not buying his crackpot little psychiatry that he's pulling off. And Orloff's like, yeah, we're friends. We've yeah. been arrested together. Yeah. We, that, <laughs> I thought that was a legitimate talk. <laughs> We've been yeah. on a double date together. Yeah, we're friends. And then, and, 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 that, of, and then he goes, and you have a little cigar in your mouth. And, 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 and Dr. Orloff wipes it off and goes, thank you, friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call back to the mayo. <laughs> Good yeah. call back. So then now we're introduced to David Cross, who we found out uh, wrote the Menjula Club. The director and writer of director Club. Director and writer of Menjula Club. And he wants, he really wants Dr. Orloff's feedback. I want to say this on the side. Robert Troop Sucks has been brought to you by the Menjula Club. The Men Julep Club would have also been a pretty good name for this podcast. <laughs> that could be some side episodes. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> when we're the Men Julep Club introduces the Shim Sham. I'm gonna wear like one of those like big sun hats that those women wear, like those just like gigantic. Obviously. Sweet. Yeah. I'm gonna have that. I'm gonna have a mint julep. I'm gonna look like a weird version of Pharrell. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm gonna wear a seersucker suit. Um, <laughs> but like with short shorts like from ACDC. Sure. Yeah. Um, if you guys go that route, I may limit my uh, appearances. On okay. This That's, well, okay. Well, this is the last uh, feature with Lamar. Yeah, we've scared uh, all him right. off. All right, Seabiscuit. No, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in. What, what the God hell? Why he's, not? He's back. Um, yeah. So David Cross comes out, and he's kind of off-putting. He's pretty He's pretty abrasive. Uh, Jesus. Um, he's, like, abrasive and aggressive. And, yeah, this, guy, this guy's, like, drama queen. Yeah, he's, like, super drama queen. Um Orloff is just trying to get the fuck out of there. And he's like, no, I, I really want your opinion. I want to know if it's like, if my play is psychologically correct. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, this is funny for me because Dr. Orloff pulls kind of a brilliant move. He's like, listen, 
he clearly hates this guy. He right. clearly hates this play. He goes, we all loved your play. And everyone's just nodding mm-hmm. and kind of just half agreeing. Um, he's like, we loved it. But it brought up some psychological issues for my friend because he tried to commit suicide. So we just need to leave. It's such a powerful piece. It spoke to him in so many ways. It's overbearing. That's how good you did. Yeah. And David Cross is so pleased yeah. with this. But it's also worth noting that no one else in this room knows that Martin tried to kill himself. Yes. So they, they think he's doing a bit. Um, so that, that kind of works and they get into a cab and talk about that some more. They, yeah. Well, they get into Orloff's car and they're driving home. Um, and Martin, Martin and Orloff are kind of riffing back and forth about, you know, how the play brought stuff up and Amy Poehler's like, wait, but that was a gag, right? Like you didn't really try to kill yourself. And Martin and Orloff are just like cracking up like, no, no, I did. I tried to kill myself. And they, they're laughing about this so hard. They're having a breakthrough that he just crashes into a mailbox. Yeah. And, and Amy Poehler sees that he does have a uh, slit wrist. Scars. Yeah. Yeah. She sees, she sees the scars. He's the longest laughing about Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, they, they crash in the mailbox. Here's another Dr. Orloff genius move. Yeah. And while still laughing uncontrollably, just immediately goes to the trunk, gets out a baseball bat and starts beating the shit out of his own car. <laughs> and Martin, again, while still cracking up, is like, what do you, what do you, even doing it's like i got too many points on my license i gotta report this is i gotta stolen. report this is stolen <laughs> i think there are a bunch of uh parking tickets on his uh hood oh that I, that I wouldn't be recall. surprising yeah. yeah so this indicates that yeah violating a lot of uh traffic laws yeah so <laughs> um yeah everyone goes on their own yeah way. Or, so like or, the or double date. strippy go home and 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 martin and uh and so part of their backstory is uh, she, uh, Martin, uh, and well, oh, sorry, Dr. Orloff, uh, the woman he's dating, she wants to get married. She wants a kid and wants a family and wants to start it all. And she's holding out on him. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to go have sex. And she's like, no, we're not. Like, we're not doing any of that until you could actually commit to me. And so they, they uh, part ways. And then Patty and uh, Marty walk off and they go back to Patty's house. And she's like, listen, you know. Let's just have tonight be whatever you want it to be. We'll figure out things tomorrow. Um, well, wait, we've got we've got a whole street scene here that I feel is worth bringing up. Um, she, they're talking about like sadness, and she oh, she right. she narrates them. She's like, I'm you know dog. I'm no I'm no stranger <laughs> to sadness. Um, I I used to keep my dead dog in the freezer, and Mark's like. I'm sorry, what? And we have this flashback scene of you know it when she brings it up, it sounds worse. But then it's like, you know, she was a child and their family dog died in the wintertime. And so the ground was too frozen to, to bury him. So they, they have like the saddest looking father wrapping this dead dog in like saran wrap and putting it in a, in a freezer. Because, you know, every time I went to get like a popsicle, I had to move this dead dog yeah, out of the get, way. I had to get ground beef for dinner and they'd say, go to the basement. Right. But I would pet it and I would say, I'm sorry, like <laughs> we did this to you. And right. then she, when she's done with this story, she just just looks directly into Marty's eyes and says, I know what it's like to be really depressed. (laughs) (laughs) And so then she explains that, you know, she's, she's having a rough time because she's getting over her ex-boyfriend Jimbo, who is a football player who they then run into on the street, surrounded by adoring fans. And Jimbo is this gigantic mountain of a man who is actually played by, I looked this up. Do you know who he is? No, he's a wrestler. So I thought that might be in your wheelhouse. Okay. Who is it? His, his wrestling name is big Sal E. Because his name is like Salvatore something or other. He, you know, he, I wrote down in my notes for wrestling fans. He looks like an Asian big show. 
Yeah, kind of. Well, <laughs> like he, he, he was apparently born in Sicily, uh, but but raised in New York. I don't know anything else this about this dude person. Is huge. He, wow. He is huge. And Amy Poehler goes into talking about how you know it just wasn't working out, even though he had a gigantic penis, um, which becomes a theme later on. And her line was, you know, just because he has a gigantic penis, he's he thinks he's not bound to the laws of society. <laughs> um, and the the penis thing is is you know constant. But yeah, so they. Now we're back to where, where Paul was talking about. They they get back to the Amy Poehler's house and they're they're kind of they're talking through some more stuff and they're like, you know what? Who who knows what this is? Like, let's just let's be with each other tonight and then and then see what happens. And that does happen. And and, then, he, and he's like, okay. And then this was <laughs> I this was a line that I I did not expect from Amy Poehler. Um, right after they agree that they're going to be with each other tonight, she looks at him dead eyed in the face and goes, "You eat pussy, right?" And, and, then, he, and then we get a hard, yeah. cut. we get a hard cut to uh, Doctor O's office. We're back at Doctor Orloff's office. We are screaming. It sounds like sex at first, and because you know there was the illusion that I just noted right. that maybe you know they're having you know him and his girlfriend are having sex is not. Uh, then we hear it's clearly a battle, right. and Orloff answers his door, and he is in. American gladiator style fighting with this other one, these huge sticks. That is exactly <laughs> what I have written. Yeah. Like clack, clack, clack. Yeah. Like I think, you know, we've seen in Star Trek and various other things. And it, and it turns out this woman is hypnotized and she's fighting through some, some issues about forgiving her husband for things, but he doesn't remember the phrase to how to snap her out. So she is just actively trying to kick his ass. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just pinned down. She's, really beating his ass yeah she's beating the shit out of him so Mar marty ends up ends up helping him um right yeah yeah he, yeah yeah he he ends up helping him. well he gets his portfolio and he's like you should leave you got it and yeah he, and he gets it and he and, and there is this he gets to the door and he kind of gives that shrug like yeah, yeah, know, this guy is my friend too yeah or like he would do the same like common decency this guy needs help so he runs back in and they pin this woman down basically with a mattress that was in this office and then yeah his office is great he has like a yeah. sweet bed and like i don't know like a bunch of calax bookshelves mike and i like like weird 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 rooms we talked about this in uh brain scan um, yeah i do like weird rooms yeah like we just want to chill out in weird weird rooms come on weird comfortable rooms yes yeah okay. yeah like a nice comfortable this has been brought room. to you by weird comfortable rooms <laughs> okay. yes. not like just weird like liminal rooms like yeah there's Weird, not like a Tim strange. Burton weird room. Yeah, like just yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I get it. So yeah, he he helps pin this woman down, and 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 Orloff is, is super grateful. He's like, you know what? I owe you one. And Martin goes, well, my mother's moving next week. You could help out with that. That'll repay your debt. And he's like, okay, because that's what friends do. Yeah. Um. Then we have. I have that they're driving to the office. They're driving to the office. That uh, Marty's like, listen, I got to go. I've helped yeah. you. And uh, Orloff's like, you know what? I'll just drive you there. Yeah, he's driving him to the office. They, you know, he's explaining that he has concerns over the eye holes. They want to have the spare rib costume. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, we, we see the, the China chef guy narrating this skit. Um, the spare ribs are trying to escape from the China chef in the jungle. Um, but, but China chef really wants to dip them in the sauce. Have we even established that this is all about spare ribs up until this? I think I mentioned spare ribs. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's meant to be designing a spare rib costume. This is actually when it came more clear of what they wanted. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I totally agree. In, in the first scene, it's not really, the first, the first scene's really like, weird. Oh, we, we need you to do another mascot, another character. And I think it's noted a spare rib. Um, 
but it's just a really background. But now it yeah. is very clear. Like it has to be spare ribs. Got to be a spare be rib. A yeah. chain, a rack of spare ribs. This whole yeah. movie was like that. It just became more clear as it went on. I guess movies are just like that. But this movie started off so bizarre. It's just. I yeah, like yeah, totally. Yeah. On, Lamar's so. totally right. Like a lot of people are saying a lot of weird stuff, and you're like, "Is this a joke? Is this real?" <laughs> yeah, that, I guess we sometimes sometimes we preface movies with this, but like this this is a bizarre movie to watch. So like, if things that we're saying seem bonkers, it's not just because we're a little drunk. It's because this movie is weird. No, um, and yeah, the pacing is kind of weird, and the scenes are weird, but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but it, so in in one of the micro sessions that they have. Uh, Orloff is like, you know, you need to stand up for yourself. If you think they need eye holes, you just walk in there and be like, they need eye holes. Tough patootie. Um, <laughs> tough patootie. Tough patootie. So that's what he does. He goes up to the office and, you know, he talks to China Chef and, you know, he shows him the first couple sketches and the China Chef is like, what? No. The first sketch this is, is like bullshit. the safe sketch where it's like, right. it's like a guy with a hat and boots on. It's like a mesh molding around some guy's foot and it's like, that, that's the spare rib component. It's just really weird. It's honestly the worst looking yeah, costume. Is. Yeah. Like $80 was... on some foam to put around a guy that <laughs> yeah, it looks weird. like one of those baseball like inning uniforms yeah like a hot dog and like no it does it's like it's like a spirit halloween it's just like a yeah. plastic bag that says spare rib on it um with like the big foam hulk fists and then he shows like another one in it uh but it has eye holes and he's like you know what i'm done and mike's right he's like I, I rehearsed it. Tough patootie. I'm done. Every, like, all, awesome. <laughs> all the China chef guys just freak out. Um, just freak out. They're doing karate moves. Nunchucks are coming out. Um, basically holding everyone hostage. Uh, or Martin runs away. He gets fired. He, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing this a little bit because it's not super interesting, but he comes back in. He goes back to his office and he's like, I don't want to be fired. This is bullshit. And, and his boss is now being held captive. His, his, his boss is being held captive. So he walks back into the they're, room. They're, thro they're throwing. So the crew of Mr. Chen. <laughs> like throwing is, matches yeah, at they're, him. They're throwing lit matches. Yeah. Just like two to three dudes with stacks of matchbooks just flip 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 right um so he, he's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna diffuse this so he walks back in with his like drawing pad same same second drawing but he drew but he draws the eyes and the, the guy's like i well, love martin i well, fucking love it well now now he took off the eyes the first one he had the eyes. right sorry he erased yeah he erased the eyes it's like martin i fucking love it it's like, and then like his little sidekick is whispering to him in chinese he's like that's, 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 he's like yeah you're right um it's too tall. They should be shorter. And Ron, the boss is like, it should be four feet. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, you're right. Like my, my wife hosts a girl scout troop. Like they're oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So going back, there's clearly been an accident that we will fully know before, uh, yeah, very, yeah. very soon. But going back, it's like, no, 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 no. Like we need a stunt man. Okay. Like we could do it, but we need a stunt man. Or they said a character Sherpa. None of these things are happening. So now it's, we don't have the eye holes. There's not going to be Sherpa. And to make matters worse, as Mike is noting, Ron, the boss is like, yeah, my uh, wife is in charge of this girls troop and we could just get any one of those 20 girls. And then uh, someone's like, we don't want just one rib. We want multiple. He's like, ah, oh, a rack of ribs. Of course. Like there's like 20 girls in this troop. Like you could choose any of these girls. And then now, you know, Martin is freaking out even more. Yeah. Martin's freaking out. Now we have a montage of the China chef guys, like picking out Girl Scouts, they they have <laughs> oh, like one the, of the, the like Seven Eleven height. His his, his his boss's quote when it, when this happened, it was like, "You did it, turning little girls into a rack of ribs." <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> interesting notes about this segment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like how you said uh, you paraphrased kind of that um, whole section before. Uh, I wrote down Martin gets fired. Martin sells out. A weird <laughs> montage as Martin realizes he threw away his friendship, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. pretty much what this uh, montage pretty much encompasses. Yeah. So this is him. Like they're they're picking out girls. They're they're getting rid of the ones that are too tall. Um, and Martin is just watching this happen, going like, "Oh my god!" Um, like he's not like we see Martin not sleeping. Um, he, he's not having a good time. He he, yeah, the, he realizes the, he he's done wrong. The scene's kind of confusing. So uh, I, I think sometimes it's confusing because I'm looking up and down and taking notes. Sometimes that he's asleep and he is foreshadowing what he thinks the next day will be. And essentially it is what the next day will be. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, ah, oh, these are my fears. But essentially he goes in the next day and it's, it's exactly what he was tossing yeah. and turning about. Exactly. But, uh, so now we, we cut to, uh, it's the aforementioned mother moving day. So he's going to help his mother move. And when he gets there, uh, the gang's all there because, you know, Orloff said he would help. Even though they had a falling out, he's still there. And not only is he there, but his girlfriend Strippy's there and John Benjamin is there. Yep. Um, uh, John Benjamin is being weird. He's smoking weed out of like a soda can. Oh, um, there's also this weird, weird exchange where uh, Marty is pissed off that he's there. And he's like, why are you here? He's like, I said I'd help you. And then his mom, uh, Marty's mom is there. He's like, well, he did the sweetest thing. And he's like, well, what did he do? I looked up every flom that's like, I guess his last <laughs> yeah. name, every flom in the, in the book until I found the right one with a mom who is moving. And, you know, I had to tell you that it just, it was harder because flom just sounds like a made up last name. And the mom <laughs> just seems so charmed. She goes, it really it does. does. It yeah. really does sound like a made up last name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so H. Don Benjamin here, he really reminded me, he, he just in general reminds me of like the love child of like, I want to say Bobcat Goldthwaite and Charlie Day. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> His actions here reminded me of what something like Charlie would do. And it's always sunny. Just a weird little guy. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's smoking weed in, in the mom's house. Martin's like, you can't smoke weed in my house. He's also checking out the mom. He's checking out the mom. He's singing a song about wanting to bang the mom. Um, and then, then he excuses himself to go to the bathroom and Martin realizes Oh my God, he's gonna, his, his MO is he's going to shit in the sink. Yep. So he chases him, but he can't get in. Uh, he he tells he tells Orloff what's going on. They're all banging on the door, and he comes out. It's like what? And they go in. They're like, he didn't shit in the sink. Breakthrough. Yeah, breakthrough. We're going to start to get a lot of breakthroughs here soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. Um, then, but then we find out he actually just shit in the tub. Yeah. So you know, not not as much of a breakthrough as. Uh, as you would think. So when they find out that he's shit in the tub, he, he just, he books it. He's, he takes the moving truck that all of the mother stuff is in and just drives off. And Martin's like, you don't know where, you don't know where it's going. he's like, ah, fuck you. And that's, that's the last time we see John Benjamin for quite some time. Yeah. And during this time, uh, Mr. Chanton calls to confirm that, uh, the costume is made. Like it's gotta be made. You're in. And not everyone knows this, but uh, Marty does that. He did agree that he would make the costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Orloff does not know this information at this point in time. That's true. Um, so they, they go back to, to Dr. Orloff's house after the move. Um, and Jimbo calls. Oh, wait, no. First, first uh, Amy Poehler calls and leaves a message on the voice machine. The voice machine? 
the, the, answering, the answering machine. Yeah, yeah, they're at Doctor Orloff's house, yeah. like his actual his actual house. like like yeah, where he lives, not his office. Is this when they have their another impromptu meeting with a strobe light? Yeah, they <laughs> Doctor Orloff turns on a strobe light, which is very opening. He's like, it's it's this is like the the frequency that is medically appropriate Holy for calming yeah, people I, down. If you if you have a, a anxiety or seasonal affective disorder, I wrote down if you have a like if you have any it's. There really should be an epileptic warning on this movie. Um, this strobe light came in hot. Oh, it did, it was, yeah. yeah. It was flashing really hot. So I just wanted to put a heads up out there. I mean, if you're going to watch this, beware. There's a very bright and flat, uh, fast strobe light. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've gotten this far, you're probably having a seizure by now. But, yeah, seizure warning. There's a strobe light. Um, yeah, and they're both really uncomfortable with it. They turn it off. Uh, message from Amy Poehler. She's like, you know, kind of confiding over the voicemail uh, to Strippy, the girlfriend. She's like, you know, I just, I don't care that he has a small penis. You know what it's like, because Dr. Orloff also has a small penis. And then Martin and Olive have the, the like, uh, we don't, our penises aren't that small moment. And she highlights that Jimbo knows about their relationship. Yeah, Jimbo knows about the relationship. She just had to tell him. Then we get the voicemail from Jimbo. Who is like? I'm going to come over there. I'm going to. I'm going to kill your friend. Um, and then within moments, he is there. He's ringing the doorbell, and he's provoking. Uh, or I'm sorry, Doctor Orloff is provoking <laughs> him during this. He so is. This is this huge hulking man, and he's trying to get buzzed into the apartment. And Doctor Orloff is pulling pranks. He's like cutting out on purpose. Like, but he only presses the buzzer for a second. And Jimbo can never get in, just enraging him more than he, he's like, oh, you're here with the pizzas, right? Like, yeah, I'll buzz, bzz, I'm like, I'm not here with the pizzas. He's, yeah, Jimbo's freaking out. Yeah. He's just aching him on. <laughs> yeah, they, they ache him on. And then, then eventually they go to the door to, like, look at him and clown on him, I guess. And he does, like, a straight up, like, football bull run through the door. Just breaks it yeah. down. And they go, shit book it and they run upstairs they're running upstairs like there's a million stairs for some reason they get to the top floor and the like the door to the roof is locked and martin goes act like a mannequin <laughs> wait was it or was it dr orloff dr orloff dr. Orloff's like, yeah because martin's like there's, that, that'll never about? work <laughs> so they both like freeze frame in place jimbo runs up and he looks at him and he's like what the fuck there's just mannequins up here and then martin just full tilt kicks him in the balls um <laughs> And and they they book it downstairs, and they go to the office to have a little micro session. And then you hear, but they have to stop for Chinese food because they had the best Chinese food in the city. And you hear on the answering machine when they get there that David Cross's character is still calling. He's like, you know, I sent you a transcript. I'd really like to hear back from you. Like, why aren't you calling? Uh, taking a chance. Like, why aren't you here? <laughs> oh, FYI, I wrapped the script in a brick and threw it through your window. And then in this, we get a more serious scene where Martin uh, steps on something and looks down and Dr. Orloff had a gecko in the office and Dr. Orloff like, like, doesn't put it lightly, but he says, you know, things die, you know, that, that was a shame. Like you didn't do it on purpose. I saw what happened. And uh, Martin goes, why am I always killing things? Which is clearly what he thinks is going on. And that's the psychological problem that we're having here. Yeah. And so now they're sitting down and... Martin is explaining kind of, he's starting to get into his feelings a little bit. And Dr. Orloff in typical fashion says, Hey, do you mind if I eat? Cause they have all this Chinese food that they picked mm -hmm. up. 
So we it, did, it did make me want to eat egg rolls. This it, whole oh my time god, I really yeah. Rolls. Even to this moment, I would yeah, like an oh egg yeah. roll. So delicious. So he takes out an egg roll. He's like, "Here, have an egg roll. I got a baker's dozen." Um, and the egg roll is triggering for Martin. Um, he starts freaking. He's like, "Why did you have to smoke? Why did you have to die?" And Doctor Orloff is like now starting to just harangue him with egg rolls. Um, yeah, like, what what ha- what happened to the egg roll, Marty? What happened to the egg roll? And he's, he's getting pistol whipped. With he's getting pistol whipped with the egg roll, and and so now we get the story about. He's like, you know what? I I killed an actor who was playing an egg roll. I designed the costume with eyes. They didn't want eyes, so I caved in. There was no Sherpa. There was no Sherpa. And this guy smoked. Yeah, and why did he have to smoke? So we, we cut to a flashback. There's an egg roll just like wandering down a boardwalk, like ramming into people. <laughs> um, and then he, he goes to have like a cigarette break by the river. And he's able to smoke through the costume somehow. It looks like um, he tore a hole. He had like a, he had like a smoke hole, but he, he couldn't see anything. Um, and uh, as he was smoking, he like stumbled into the river and Marty's dictating. He's like, you know, the the foam costume it just like it sunk like a rock. Yeah, it filled up immediately. Filled up was, immediately. Just sank right and down. The actor, the actor drowned. Um, his his parents had to. And this, Paul, <laughs> I feel bad for you because there was sax music, which I know isn't your favorite. But they, you know, they they showed the parents watching as they like used a crane to like, pull even this the, egg yeah, roll. The parents out had of the, to had to watch their son being dragged out of the river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, breakthrough, we've, we've, we've gotten it. We now, we now understand Marty's problem, why he tried to kill himself. Dr. Orloff is, is feeling real good about this. Then all of a sudden, the crazy American gladiator lady from earlier like, drops out of a ceiling tile or like a vent or something. And <laughs> she's been hiding there. She's yeah. The she's whole been, time. Well, cause I mean, they, they locked her in the room before when they escaped. I don't she know if we creative. covered that, but yeah, she, you know, she, she was hiding out. Um, so they run, they run up and they hide on top of a bookshelf to get away from her. All of a sudden, David Cross shows up to confront him about why he hasn't gotten back to him yeah, about the screenplay. And it was noted that I had, I had my screenplay and I, I attached it to a brick and I threw it through your window. Clearly, you must have read it. Clearly, it's not good enough for you. And it, total drama. Queen. Right. He's being a, a whole, a big old preemie right now. Um, but then he sees the crazy lady and he runs up and joins him on the bookshelf. Um, then Martin goes, oh, so the, re- the reason this woman is, I don't think we ever talked about this. The, re- the reason the woman is crazy is because she was under hypnotherapy and every, everyone around her was her father, right? Or, or Ex- husband. Ex-husband. Yeah, you did mention that. Okay. Um, and the safe word. Yeah, and the, the no safe word. Around. So he goes, you know what? I remembered the safe word, which is, and you're out of it. And then she, she comes out of it. Um, After she fights Jimbo for a little bit. Oh, yeah, sorry. Jim, yeah, Jimbo shows up. Um, that's why, that's why, uh, David Cross runs up onto the bookshelf. Yeah. So they all basically team up against Jimbo. Yeah. So ba- yeah, basically Jimbo's there and they all, including the woman who's now out of a trance, um, they, they team up against Jimbo and try to like, I don't know, corral him with a mattress, the same mattress that they used to corral the woman earlier. And this is where we get a massive set of breakthroughs that, mm-hmm. uh, everyone has a breakthrough. Yeah. So Jimbo breaks down and he apologizes David, David Cross also has a breakthrough and he's like, I need to trust myself and I need to stop throwing scripts with <laughs> bricks through, <laughs> through windows. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That, yeah. So everyone, everyone, uh, that woman, uh, realizes why she needs to forgive right. and everyone is happy. It's almost like a happy ending. And then, uh, yeah. Marty says, you know, guys, I, I changed a call 
and it was back to this again and it was what do you mean you changed your call it's like uh i actually designed these suits for these kids like these there's going to be another accident they're going to cover up these deaths we need to get out of here they're like okay and they uh all respect them enough that they all join them and yeah. basically form mega group and they're gonna tear down uh this uh i don't know it's like a, it's like a Chinese food gala. Yeah, <laughs> where they're know, introducing ribs into the yeah. world. Yeah. Like when you when you come up with a new product, I guess you have some killer party. I don't, I don't know a I soiree. Yeah, fundraiser. Sure. But yeah, they're was, not raising funds. They're just debuting this new product and design. Well, in in this universe, China Chef is such a big deal that the introduction of a new frozen food product, or I, I, in my mind, China Chef is like Panda Express. Yes. Uh, guys, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but it's also like they're debuting like like a like a some kind of ride that you would see at Universal Studios. Like there's this interactive component. It's like we're coming out with these ribs, but not only do we have these ribs, we have these video walls and you're going to see the backstory of these riblet girls lost in the woods and they're eventually going to turn into live action uh people out of the video screen and in front of you on a bridge it's super weird it, it is super weird it's, so they, they walk into this this like room this event center and they, they walk in like mission impossible yeah, spy style. music yeah. is playing um and yeah and you can see like there's this big there's like a vat of spare rib sauce that's like bubbling like lava and there's a there's a rickety old bridge and in front of it there's a video screen and and you can see like the precursor, like the uh, the girls in the rib costume. I just like all the dialogue. It's like, we got lost in we the woods. We got lost in the woods. And <laughs> where does tender ribs The Chinese chef wants to catch us because we're so saucy. Um, <laughs> Think yeah. about this. They actually <laughs> probably did this, found like three girls. Oh, no. They made the rib For costume. sure. They, these are real life, real this this is not just a comedy movie. It's also a documentary about the making of this rib movie. <laughs> the, the the riblet trio. Mm-hmm. It's been enough footage to actually do it. I mean, they only show maybe a minute of them running through the woods and crossing bridges, but the bridge was real. The bridge was it's real. Yeah, a live presentation. Yeah, so the whole thing is like you're watching them run through the jungle on the video screen, and then eventually that you're gonna the video screen retracts, and then. You have the actresses or the the rib girls, whatever, run across this bridge, and China Chef is going to hit a button, and the bridge is going to explode, and they're going to fall into the spare rib sauce, and China Chef is going to win with the saucy spare ribs. And half of this comes to pass, where these girls now are coming out of the video, so this is, you know, there, and now they're coming from behind the stage for the live action component, and Mr. Chan does hit... You know, some kind of explosive on the bridge, and the bridge does collapse. Um, yeah, um, and th- there's throughout all of this, they're they're trying to stop it. There's like some some karate fights. The guy with the chainsaw shows up again. It's John Benjamin's back. Yeah, and like when it looks like they're losing, John Benjamin repels from the ceiling, and <laughs> in, in an outfit that is camouflage. It's you think, but it is noted that it is a. It is apparel made out of Martin's mom's couch. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he wearing my mom's couch? Oh, wow. I didn't guess that. Yeah. Um, and he's shooting paintballs. He's shooting paintballs. So this 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 gives uh this gives Martin time to like try to run up and save the girls who are now dangling over this molten. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not going to kill anyone. They can't make me do it. I'm going to save it. I'm right. going to change it. So he's climbing up there and he, 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 you know, grabs one of the, the hands out of the spare rib, but he's, he's not, he's slipping a little bit. Um, but then who decides to come and help him? 
but the, but Jimbo, yeah, Jimbo climbs up. Um, he gets to the top of the bridge, but he 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 can't reach. He can't reach Martin, who needs something to grab onto. Certainly does. He does. So <laughs> what, what's long enough? What's long enough and sturdy enough? And so we're gonna we're gonna flash back briefly because um, we didn't really cover this. Because clearly, I just want to talk about Jimbo's penis a lot. <laughs> um, it, what, one of one of Amy Poehler's narrations when she's talking to Martin about about Jimbo's penis, which she does a couple times in the movie. She's like, you know, sometimes like he he hangs my purse from it. Um, a backpack. Backpack. Yeah, like, he, mentioned, she mentions that that yes, he does it with a backpack. He break, and because, breaks chairs but, with it because before he uh, he breaks popsicle sticks. Pop, popsicle sticks. That's right. uh, he uh, that uh, when he tries to break into Doc Orloff's house. Uh, that's what uh, Marty says. He's like, you know, he hangs a backpack on his penis, and and Doctor Orloff gets very serious. He goes, I didn't know I, that. I didn't know that. <laughs> so so yeah, he 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 uses the only thing at his disposal, and he unravels his giant penis, um, and you 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 don't see you see the shadow of it, you know, in pantomime style. It's a harrowing tale. It's a harrowing tale, and uh, you know, you see Martin like kind of shuddering and going, "Do I? Is this really the answer?" And and Dr. Orloff looking on from the ground, nodding and going, this is going to be good for you. <laughs> um, and so he, he does, he, he grabs onto the Jimbo's dick um, and, uh, and, and pulls them all to safety. Uh, then we have the China chef guy who was Mr. Com- Chan, Mr. Chan, who was really upset. He, and he, we go John Woo here. Yeah, totally. I wrote John Woo. That he throws back his, his uh, suit jacket, takes out two revolvers, one on each you know side, like a little upper on his hip. <laughs> doves doves are flying. flying yeah. Doves fly in the background. Love the doves flying. Yeah, and uh, the the scene is cut short almost comedically so by him getting hit in the face with a pie <laughs> by no none other than what's it's not Stavros, it's something else Greek. Pedros. <laughs> So, whatever um the 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 strip club pie guy he is here catering the event uh you know martin petros, petros. martin got him the hookup and so he throws a pie at a at mr chen's face takes him out yeah. kind of gives him the giddy up and then uh marty quits he's like i'm done he, with this. he goes I, I quit i'm done with it and then we have a nice freeze frame basically yeah everyone seems super happy uh everyone is made up um it's very clear that uh, Martin will be dating Patty, and yeah. uh, it, it is said at the very end that uh, Doc Orloff does want to marry his girlfriend. And he's oh raised. yeah, they they do propose. That's that's he proposes and she says yes. That's like the last scene of the movie. I think Keith is playing. He's like singing a song. I can't remember what it was, but he starts singing something, and it kind of fades into the credits with him. That's is it the song about fucking Martin's mom again, or uh, is it a different one? leave that good life behind okay uh, <laughs> that might be a real song might not that's what i wrote i couldn't but tell if any of the songs out. in this movie were real or not some of them were some of them were <laughs> we should have paid more attention to the credits there on those songs but <laughs> some of them were really yeah. songs aren't real what's the legality on that can we use them yeah we can done <laughs> yeah um and, and there is i didn't i've seen this movie probably mm, six or seven times in my life now there is it's not really a post-credit scene. There's just like Martin and Orloff are talking over the credits after a couple minutes. Yeah, it's like they're in a new session, but it's 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 in a new session, but it almost sounds like they're pitching well, the script it's, of this movie. It's kind of like they're breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, um, yeah, that like clearly. Martin is narrating. He's like, is what is happening? Like, who are all these people? And Orloff is like, 
oh yeah, I mean, this is a movie. Like we're doing a movie yeah. about this. He's like, oh, because I, I thought it was weird that there was a guy with a microphone on a stick. He's like, oh, that's a that's a boom operator. Like this has just all been a thing. And th- then it's like they're narrating the credits. He's like, I I I've been here every day. I haven't seen half these people. It's it's kind of weird, but I just never noticed it. So I guess if you watch it when you watch it. Uh, stick around, stick around for the credits, and then wait to see who the songs were by, because you'll probably want to. There's no soundtrack, but you'll want to, you want to load up like LimeWire and try to assemble this piece by piece, because it's a, it's a banging soundtrack. It is, yeah. Uh, so what, what do we? Is it, did, did we miss anything? Is there anything we want to circle back on? Did we capture the spirit of this properly? Great movie, yeah. Um, so we we think we, we all everything. Just going down the bullet points of what this movie encompasses, it's pretty much all in all just one. I don't want to say one long, upright citizens' brigade skit. But yeah, it's, no, uh, it, it kind of is. That's it's fair. Compromised of a bunch of short, medium, and long upright citizens' brigade skits, just kind of like melded together into a movie. Yeah, yeah. but we all, we all like this movie. Oh, definitely. I like this movie. I, I I love it just as a fan of the trope and just as a movie in general. It's funny. Um, it has a type of humor that I don't think everybody could really jive with, but uh, that's fair. It, it has a particular type of humor. If you're not, you'll know right away within the first five minutes if this is for you. Because I feel like if it's not for you, you're going to turn it off. But that's fair. The movie will rope you in more and more if you do like this type of stuff. Yeah. So I saw this movie quite a ways after it came out. I maybe up to ten years after it came out. So by the time this movie came out, I was familiar with everyone in this movie from other things. But for me, it was really it was really fun just seeing what like this was for a lot of these folks, this was their first like, you know, quote unquote movie, not, not a sketch show or whatever. Um, so that, that was kind of, that was kind of fun for me. But I mean, if I had seen this on TV when it aired, like this would have been my first introduction to so many people who have become kind of like beloved character actors lately. Um, Paul, you've been kind of silent here. What do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I was thinking just like when I, when I first saw this movie and I saw it before both of you, it was, and I don't mean that. Like I saw it ahead of well, time. You, my next but, question was: uh, you brought it to our attention. Yeah, you brought it. No, it, it was crazy because, like, to go through, like, again, not saying like I saw it before you. Lamar saw Upright Citizens Brigade, the show, before I ever did, and then I started watching it with him. And then it was me seeing this movie randomly, like maybe twenty minutes into it, or maybe I didn't see it all the very first time. But I just remember telling Lamar. I started watching this film. It was on Comedy Central. It has everyone from the Upright Citizens Brigade and other people that we knew. Uh, John H. John Benjamin, um, we we know from tons of stuff. I definitely, my origins are Dr. Katz. Um, mm-hmm. So I could just hear his voice. Clearly, everyone now knows, you know, Bob's Burgers and, uh, you know, uh, Archer. So, you know, there's all these people that were seen. I, de- I knew uh, Lamar's a huge fan of Mr. Show. He clearly knew David oh, Cross. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was nice to see David Cross in this way early. And he plays a typical David Cross character from any skit. You can. I'm just a fan of <laughs> sketch comedy shows. And this is a hell yeah. Kind of a mini blend of Mr. Show and um, Upright Citizens Brigade. Cause it's that type of humor if you're going down that avenue. Yeah, I like it. it it hits it hits on all fronts. Um, you left out a an influential John Benjamin thing. Yeah, I certainly did. did, did okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so 
all in all, fun movie. Definitely, definitely recommended. Rabbit Troop Sucks recommends this movie. Um, you should you should go out and buy it on DVD because I think that's literally the only way to do this. Yeah. Um, um, I've been reading the complaints on uh, various sites about why this movie is so hard. To are there find, lots of complaints? Is it just or is it just from like the three of us? Um, no, no, you'll be surprised. <laughs> There's I other mean, people, people that are, like this movie. Well, okay. They're kind of curious why it's not available. I really didn't know if they were liking the movie or not but <laughs> they do have a query as to why it's not more available and i have a i have theories uh copyright theories i don't know i i, I kind of wonder if any of the actors involved are like embarrassed of it um and maybe trying to trying to silence it i hope yeah. not i mean you got to start somewhere i mean come on yeah i, I don't know I mean, what they would be embarrassed about their type of humor. Uh, oh, totally. Uh, yeah, totally I don't. I don't. They, they want to carry that around and have it on their resume, and I, I loved it. Yeah, just all in all, solid film. Yeah, uh, solid comedy. If you're down for that thing, once again, just uh, not the perfect movie. But I mean, come on. No, uh, I, I guess the only thing that I can think of, aside from any like music copyright, uh, David Cross's portrayal is maybe a little tone deaf uh, you couldn't his character couldn't be written today probably yeah, um okay but uh, you know other than that like and, and not to get too into the weeds with it but like he's he's definitely playing like a kind of a stereotypical like very effeminate like mincing playwright yeah he's like that playwright yeah um and i mean i i, I hope this doesn't reflect poorly on me but like it's you know he I like David Cross and I think it's funny but uh, you I mean it's it's definitely like you, he couldn't have played that character today uh, you can and summarize and say it's dated it, no it is very it is very dated well I, sure. I'm just gonna throw this out to the entire cast of this movie I mean if you want to be on this show you're just welcome to yeah and open so, invitation you know, take that um, take that Amy hmm. Poehler you want to watch a movie with us David Cross anyone in this movie you just want to watch a movie with us and talk about it. I dare you to be on the show. Take that. Yeah, we will. Uh, we won't. There. We won't pay for your flights. Yep. Uh, we. You can't stay with any of us. You'll have to get your own hotel rooms. The catering will be minimal, um, but you're welcome to join us here in the studio anytime. Amy Poehler, you could stay with me and my wife for one day. I, I think that would be. I, I foresee some kind of like pajama party, like cotton candy, like fun movie night romp. So that's that's fine. But then the second day you gotta go. Okay. <laughs> you can go to the hotel. Go to the hotel the second day. The first night you could stay uh, on a couch, and I will provide the cotton candy. <laughs> wow, you threw it out there. Day two, I like the invite. Day, no, two, day two, you're out. That's very good. Answer his call. All right, Jimbo, you can stay with me. The rest of you guys are on your. Do you have room for Jimbo? That dude was huge. I'll reinforce the guest bed. He was big. Yeah. Lamar, going forward, I know I'm putting you on the spot. We've talked about Fortress. We've talked about a couple other films. Any any movies that are coming to your mind that you're like, we need to watch this. We need to revisit this or anything. I remember uh, we talk on and off during the week, and I remember you mentioned the two. Um, I think you mentioned this on a previous episode as well, uh, Dungeon Master. Mm -hmm. um, I, was that the name of it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> you read me the premise of it, and I'm all in on that. Um, yeah, you did put me on the spot because I have a, <laughs> something in my mind, but um, I can't really think of it right now. Um, I'm like, I mean, I'm on that. Uh, show I was gonna recommend that we review that movie, but 
I can't remember the name of the movie right now, unfortunately. We'll we'll get there next time. We'll get there eventually. Um, If I think of anything, I will let you know. Heck yeah. There's a lot up there. And we've watched a lot of movies over the years. We have. Like um, we can go back in our memories, pick out one of those obscure, random, weird ones, bring it up. I own some of those weird ones. We just pop it in. What we need is we need uh, Dr. Orloff to put us under hypnotic regression so we can remember some of these movies that'd be fantastic yeah. um yeah, i have to go through my uh movie library and uh maybe uh pick out one that it's gonna be an a plus the review well we'll definitely be looking at some new movies soon so yeah you know you could always hit us up uh we are on all forms of social media i shouldn't say all but we're on instagram and facebook those are the important ones you could email us at rabbit troop sucks podcast at gmail.com you could visit us directly at rabbit troop sucks.com um, we're on, I think every podcast player and entity, Google, Apple, yeah, Amazon, if Audible. you're getting, wherever you're getting podcasts, you should be able to find us there. If, if you're, if you're having trouble, uh, shoot us a message. Um, we'll, we'll look into it, but I, you, you should be able to find us. And if you want to hear any reviews about some weird films that you've seen, we're definitely open to it. If you're a, a local artist and you want us to feature any kind of your music or any of your music, let us know. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll insert some music. We'll, we'll do cross promotions and yeah, email us recommendations. If there's something you want to talk about or hear us talk, talk about, uh, let us know. Um, in the, in the past we've announced what we're going to do next. I think, I don't think we're going to do that anymore, at least not regularly. Um, we, we, we want it to be a surprise. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Surprise them. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, well, you know, Next, I don't. I don't want to even say next week because I don't know when this is going to air. Um, so, but you know, next week or the week after, because we we might go to every other week. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, we'll we'll decide later. But at some point in the next week or two, you have another episode of this to look forward to. But you know, you can always revisit the catalog. Um, you can stream it on rabbittroopsocks.com. Uh, there's going to be t-shirts. There'll be links on the website. You could play it backwards and you might even hear satanic messages. If you, you'll hear, if you play it backwards, you'll hear something. Yeah. Um, I've seen those t-shirts in person. I gotta say they're awesome. Do you like it? Yeah. It was, yeah. A, we did a proof, uh, a test, a test run. And, uh, I think, I think they came out all right. Yes, definitely. So yeah, you know, look forward to more merch. Uh, if you really want to rep the, rep the troop. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think we'll just wrap this up unless you got something else that's uh, worth talking about. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I would watch yeah. it. I would watch it again at any point in time. Yeah. yeah. And I will. Cause uh, my girlfriend had never heard of this. Well, I'm surprised. I usually make people watch this as just kind of like an introduction to knowing me as a person, but somehow we, we she made it in, this far without seeing this it. Is your quintessential Mike gate. Well, there's like side Mike because I'm, I'm because I'm such a, like a simple idiot. I, I feel like there's like a collection of media that you need to watch just as a primer to understanding anything that I say. Cause I talk mostly in like Simpsons quotes and you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's just like a, a baseline media that you need to know before you can communicate effectively with me. Cause I'm kind of a, a moron. I like that. Yeah. Instead of just telling you who I am, just right. Like here's a collection. Yeah. Here, here's a DVD. It, it's, it's, five hours just get through this and we'll be fine um but yeah so i gotta watch it with her again later so i'm gonna watch it again soon and you all should too and you can get her some wing sauce <laughs> yeah well we're gonna have very saucy spare ribs <laughs> you gotta have when this is happening yeah that's not a bad idea having no. some spare ribs while you eat the well and i gotta have an egg roll now or a oh, baker's yeah. dozen and 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 to leave off with a with a thought for lamar 
that you know we we've always, we we always talk you know we transmit from and record from Denver, Colorado, and we should maybe pick another Colorado movie soon. Uh, we started off with Phantoms. We've talked about some other films. I keep yeah. seeing films that are like in Colorado, but they're not really filmed here. I would like to bring up some other films that are actually filmed here. So we have some ideas. So Lamar, maybe that's one you want to look at. Like what's filmed here and what weird movie are we going to watch? Yeah. A movie that was just recently released. I don't know when this episode will release, but it's called a uh, black phone, but it's not filmed. It's in not Denver filmed Colorado. here, but uh, there's some scenery here. Unfortunately, I yeah. hate when they do that. It's like, yeah, ah, let's go to Denver. That might be like too real of a movie. Yeah. That's um, true. And yeah. There's another movie that I was looking up that we watched that cold pursuit movie. Also not filmed here. Yeah. <laughs> they did that again. But they had some like, skyline wow. shots. Yeah. And then, then you have like. You got to come here and film. You you do. Um, but like the the obvious choice. And every time I mention this podcast to someone, they go, things to do in Denver when you're dead. Absolutely. <sighs> yes. Uh, we should. No. Never? I, never, no, that movie, never? That movie sucks. I'm, I'm like you, Mike. Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't need to watch that. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do it. Somewhere. You want to do so, it? Well, okay. I'll, I'll just do it like somewhere like in our infinite time that we have that I, I wouldn't mind throwing that on the list. All right. That, that movie's just boring. Um, I haven't seen it in ages, so I mean, I you could totally be right. I, guess, I mean, I guess I haven't seen it in ages either. When I first saw it, I remember being bored with it. It's just, it's, it's like, it's a good movie. It's like real. There's production quality. It, it doesn't really fit in the theme with like lost gems or whatever it is that we talk about. I don't know. Get me drunk enough. I'll talk about it. There we go. I like what I'm yeah. Well, not to, not to get too deep into it, uh, Colorado, yeah. but we'll definitely revisit some things. Uh, Colorado specific with movies as always. Rabbit troop sucks. Rabbit, rabbit troop sucks. Thank you for having me guys. Rabbit troop sucks. Yeah. Thanks Anytime. for being here.